Hey yo, this is Greenskin Mango. Welcome everyone to the Gamango Show. I'm Gordon Meyer, chatting with you from Hong Kong. And I'm John Witcher, coming to you from the crossroads of America. Each episode, we'll be discussing creativity and life. We'll be drawing from our 30 years of collaborating together in so many creative endeavors, successes, failures, our influences, and our current inspirations. So let's get going with the Gamago Show. Yeah, I woke up the other day and I was thinking about a t-shirt design that says genre fluid. <laughs> wow. which, which at first kind of sounds like, <laughs> what are you talking about genre fluid? And it's like, no, I think that Greenskin Mango has always been genre fluid. I mean, mm-hmm. before that was yeah. even a term, you know, genre fluid has always been what we've been. But, you know, mm-hmm. look for that on the back of our shirts. <laughs> cool. How did you do with your homework assignment this week? Terrible. Didn't do it. <laughs> you know your assignment was education versus experience, right? Oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> so disappointed. I've always wanted to ask you, do you think that an artist really needs to get a college degree or professional experience in it? What do you think? We kind of been thinking about doing this experience versus education or mm-hmm. not even versus because... It's a hiring thing. When someone's hiring and they say, well, you need three years of experience doing this and you've spent your life in education, getting a degree or whatever, you're then expected to also have experience to get your first job where it turns into a versus when it's really shouldn't be. I think that's a fault of an employer not seeing the value of what someone did in the relationship in a new job that set aside i'll answer the question now (laughs) just getting my voice warmed up (laughs) i went to art school at heron school of art in indianapolis i had this painting professor very famous in indianapolis robert berkshire he was amazing artist and i mean they even named a wing after him at the museum in indianapolis he was uh always sort of laughing at the fact that you could take your diploma and smoke it. That's how much it'd be worth when you got out of art school. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, right? And anybody that knows Berkshire, hearing him saying that, you've probably heard it a hundred times because he loved saying that. Yeah, he kind of always felt it was a waste of money to spend on getting an education versus spending that same amount of time, say, going and living in New York. He always felt that it was much better to do that personally as an experience than it was to learn in school. Now, I can agree with that in some ways, but in other ways, I can totally see all the faults and pitfalls in it. From his perspective, as being an educator and being someone who's been in the field for a long time and a really good painter making a living off his paintings himself, I can see where you would think that, you know, it probably might work out. Probably might work out. That's about as authentic an answer as I can get. Probably might work out. 
I was just kind of curious because I, I, there a lot of people had a lot of different views on it. Just in your class alone. You did your homework. That's fantastic. <laughs> I did my homework. <laughs> Yeah, all jokes aside, from my personal experience of moving to New York and trying to make it in the art world, I would think that it would be incredibly difficult to do it if you didn't know anybody in the city so, that you moved to. One thing with education, too, that I found, though, is it's not only the education you, you gain, but the networking. You meet so many people Bingo. from so many different walks of life. I think that that is actually the key to education in general. I think that that's one of the biggest things about getting a formal education is learning how to network and to diversify the groups that you work with. I mean, we're in high school and middle school and all these things. We tend to form in these cliques that we, you know, group ourselves in all the time. And I think I was really fortunate enough to, at some point in high school, just sort of break out of that. I kind of was really interested in meeting people that were interested in music like I was, people that were interested in art, not sticking into the clique or whatever that I'd been with for 10, 15 years or whatever it was, it seemed like. But yeah, it was like branching out and meeting other people and being friends with them. I mean, me and you were from completely different worlds and the sort of specter of things. You were younger than me. Um, and oh, yeah. I didn't our know you at all. Too. Yeah, our, I mean, musical, well, I don't know. Well, I think we, our we musical had, tastes were pretty similar, but. We, it, we, in some, yeah. You expanded my musical uh, repertoire by by just mass amounts. We listened to some of the same things, but the difference was you, you listened to a lot of off-the-wall stuff that I would never even think about listening to until you started introducing me to that kind of stuff. Man, music is a gateway. I think that that is like one of the best ways to communicate with people or even start a conversation with people is through music. When I think about the music that I liked in high school or whatever, I specifically think of people that liked that kind of music or that genre of music. You knew the music genres that the group is associated with. It's like, it was like little music gangs or something like that. That'd be a good Broadway play, I think. But. Students have been doing so much homeschooling and it's been stressful on the students and the parents and the teachers. So these two students were standing together and the first student says, oh my gosh, this teacher smells like alcohol and it's obvious she doesn't know a thing about English or math. And the second student says, you be nice to mom. <laughs> Homeschooling, Zoom schooling and those things have like really poked a lot of holes in what education really is and what it really means. There's always that online learning that happened, mm -hmm. but now it's yeah. like been taken to the next level. So to sort of normalize this type of learning for people that really value that education and can get a really great online education, this is justification. You know, this is the justification that they deserve. In that sense, I'm really happy for it. As far as kids go, this is some kind of purgatory, I think. I feel so bad for kids right now that are going through this. I feel terrible for the kids that are in the toddler age. I mean, these kids are dependent upon learning from others in a physical environment to learn social cues, to learn all those things that you read about child development are all about being around other people, taking social cues, interacting, all these things. If that doesn't happen, what do we do? It's been a strain for sure. Absolutely. There's just a lot of red flags that are going on 
in the uh, developmental world and the mental health world right now with COVID because oh. of this yeah. happening. If you take yeah. somebody that, that it's taken years and years to get them out of their shell, and now they spent a year getting back into their shell, just, just doing things virtually, yeah. uh, I think that it's, it's a setback. There's a guy that I know via LinkedIn, and he had a conversation on Clubhouse last week, something like that. But it was about the value of your MBA, not yours specifically, okay. but basically mm -hmm. the value of an MBA in the world today. I guess sure. it comes, it stems from like, yes, Elon Musk or somebody had said something about being as valuable as what it's deemed, but it got a lot of people hmm. roused up. And <laughs> I get this all the time. Yeah. Um, do I think that an MBA is important? Well, to be honest with you, um, it's like we were talking about earlier about networking. The people that I've met in the pursuit of this MBA, it's absolutely unreal. Uh, I mean, just on LinkedIn alone, I mean, it's crazy. And I, I continue to meet people. And uh, truthfully, I mean, I got the, the job that I really wanted to do for all those years um, with my MBA. So no, I wouldn't say it's a waste of time to get an MBA, not at all. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that it's a waste of time. Again, like you're saying, the connections that you make and networking that you're doing. Even when we do stuff for Green Skin Mango, something about our podcast or something about our website, somebody will reach out to me and it'll be like, hey, wow, you know, I knew that you had done other things, you know, all the different things that you've done on here, but I didn't know you did this as well. And you know, it'll get into a conversation of, hey, my business does this and maybe we can network. It's opened a lot of doors for me, it really has. But I gotta tell you, to have the disability I have, when I sat out in the classroom um, in uh, 2004 and uh, said that I was gonna get an MBA, oh my mm. gosh, wow. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, it was, and, it was, on. yeah. And John, you know, it's like, I think that's part of how to obtain that education, the, the physical sort of learning process and the will and the drive to do that and obtaining a goal. Those are also part of real life experience. The education sure. is the experience, you know, obtaining that yeah. goal, showing somebody in the future that hey i had this desire to do this and i had such a strong desire that i overcame challenges that i had yeah absolutely and especially working as a as a career coach and, and job coach and employment specialist when i connect people to things and somebody will walk up to me and you know i really want to do this but a lot of people tell me it's impossible. And I always think about, you know, years ago, hmm. you know, when I was diagnosed with this disability and, you know, people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And, and it's probably, you know, your life will never be the same. And it's kind of lit a fire in me. And I'll tell people, you know, you can really do pretty much anything that you have the, the dream to do. Just dropping everything and, and diving in can sometimes be a really bad thing, especially if you're dealing with a disability where you might have something where you need to get assistance every day. A lot of the companies I work with, organizations that I work with that work with people with disabilities, they always put disability, dis in small letters, and ability in large letters, and they always separate impossible to I'm possible, which is really cool that they do that yeah. kind of stuff now. Because I gotta tell you, in 1994, when I was diagnosed, 
That was not the case. People did yeah. not look at it like that. It was totally different. I just did a presentation with Vocation Rehabilitation about a new program that they're starting, and they wanted to talk to somebody who's been on both sides, somebody who went through voc rehab and, and somebody that you know now works with people that are in voc rehab and you know what worked for me. And I think that just the shift in culture that people now realize that just because you have a disability doesn't mean like a life sentence that you're not going to be able to do these things. But that's great socially that we're becoming this way. Yeah, I can't even believe like major sports now. You wouldn't think at that level that you would get pushback for depression or anxiety, but this even affects us really, really hardcore. It's really neat to see people step forward and say, no, we're going to change this. In 1994, I was banging my head against the wall because, you know, when I'm telling people I, I want to go to school and this, I want to do these things, and they're like, yeah, but people with that disability don't do that kind of stuff. I see athletes now checking out of games or just not being on the roster because they're taking like a mental break, taking yeah. a day off to like mentally get themselves back together, not just physically, but mentally. I think the thing that people don't realize with that is they may have a mental issue that is really, really debilitating. And then to put the pressure that they're under on top of that socially with being in the media all the time, I mean, it's gotta be absolutely unreal. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine the stresses that, that some of these guys go on. I mean, there's always the, well, they're paid to do that. Well, there's no amount of money that can help you adjust to traveling, to being in a COVID sort of situation. <laughs> everywhere that yeah. you travel to, to be away yeah. from your family for X number of days, go back and forth, try and keep a relationship with your families and friends. And then you have to speak after the game every night about this, that, or the other, which is either the game, a social issue, it, uh, your personal yeah. life, your et cetera, et cetera. And you're being filmed, photographed, and dispersed yeah. across oh, the yeah. internet well, for every word you say. Everybody's got a camera now too. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. I think that this is a great point to address with anybody that's listening to us right now. Wherever we're at in your ears, whether we're just floating around in your home or in your car going to work or coming home from work or wherever we're joining you from. And also, we're really grateful that you're tuning in, downloading. Absolutely. This is, this is like one of the greatest artistic, creative sort of things that I've done in my whole life. And I'm so happy that John and I are doing this together. I mean, we've been working on Green Skin Mango for 30 years. We've worked together on so many different things. This is like one of the greatest collaborative things that we've ever done. And I'm telling Absolutely. you, it's a lot of work. I have a full-time job all week. And then on the weekend, it's like I spend time with the family. I get up early on Sunday while people are resting and we do this podcast. Yeah. And after that, it's editing the podcast for a few days. Oh it's mm -hmm. getting all the artwork ready. It's getting all the little videos ready. It's annoying everybody on Facebook and LinkedIn <laughs> and everything until they just click the link and listen, please. But yeah, that's what it feels like. And, and what you're saying of comparing your chapters, well, geez. We're talking about episodes. You know, this is episode eight here. And every day it's looking at stats on episode seven, comparing it to episode six, comparing it to episodes one through seven, and then hearing about kids and 
Los Angeles that started their podcast and got a quarter of a million podcast downloads in their first episode. Wow, are we not doing this right? What value is this to anybody? You know, you hit that dark spot occasionally when you do that comparative. You can't compare no. people with what you're doing. This is what's important to us. This is meaningful to us. And we're hoping that it's meaningful to everyone that's listening. We're talking about a creative life and how we get there and how we're doing it. And we're still doing it right now. You're witnessing it and listening to us. When we sat down all those years ago as Greenskin Mango, as a band, just kind of starting to form things, this was what we had in mind. This kind of creativity, this kind of prodding people to to be creative. It's not something necessarily new. It's a new way that we're conveying it. You know, what we were doing on stage and how we were making music that was one genre to the next, to the next, to the next. This is always how we felt. We want to relate to everybody. We're trying to communicate to everyone in in ways that we don't even know how to sometimes, or the technology hasn't been developed that we could. But what we're doing now and talking about a life of creativity, I think we can relate to everybody on this. And podcasting is just our methodology for doing it right now. It's our medium, sure, absolutely. And we can hit, you know, every corner of the earth with it. And we are hitting every corner of the earth with it. I mean, shout out to Auckland, you know, shout out to (laughs) shout out to Manhattan, shout out to the Netherlands. I mean, we're being heard everywhere and it's just unbelievable when we like pick it's a wonderful. new tick it really yeah, is we get like we get that statistic you know the little tick of like here's some new place that you're have a listener from that's amazing yeah. it really is it's yeah. amazing for sure we've logged in more hours doing the podcast together than we have in making music but i think that we spent more time creating music every single day for, I don't know, how long was that? Four or five years, I think, that we were probably working on music together. These are some serious hours that we're putting in on this, for sure. (laughs) These are very focused, dedicated hours that we're we're putting in on this, and it's fantastic doing it. I mean, you know, I stay up at night working on designs, or I'll get up really early in the morning and do some designs that'll just come to my head. And... The stress that I have thinking about that is gone once I actually do it. I mean, you saw it yesterday, had about seven or eight new designs for t-shirts that are going on and a new logo to add to it. Spring is in the air. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's like keeping, you know, what I love is like keeping up with what's going on too. It's like fonts change and trends change and all these things always change. We're Green Skin Mango. We always change, you know? We do, absolutely. Yeah, we couldn't get through a show without changing. (laughs) I I mean, seriously, I remember when we were sitting in the lobby of this place, we had just finished doing a show and we had alternative metal. We had some really dreamy kind of stuff. We had some reggae. And uh, this person comes up to us and they're like, hey, um, we really like your reggae song. Do you think that you could convert your songs into reggae and do the reggae fest this year? And and without even thinking, we just said yes. That was a good time. I got to tell you, converting some of that stuff to reggae was really, really tough. Yeah, the reggae fest was fulfilling. That was really fun. That was was was. great. I like to throw little asides in like that about Green Skin Mango. Just kind of a little bit of history. Yeah, I like that too. You know, as serious as life is, 90% of the time, you've got us. That's true. We're here, hanging there. Hopefully, we'll bring you some smiles. Make you think a little bit. Be creative, for sure. Always got to be creative. 
always keep the creative thought process going. So what's funny about when we release these is that it comes out in the mornings for everyone in the U.S., really early in the morning if you're on the west coast we try to get it out early for the morning commute in the u.s and then for people here in hong kong like me i release it when i leave work so it's my own commute podcast to listen to on the way home though i've listened to it like a hundred times before it gets released of course but i'm not making it to time it to my commute just so that you all know (laughs) that would be about like 45 minutes (laughs) and i can't even listen to myself that long so The funny thing is, though, people a lot of time will say to me, so you guys are doing this from opposite sides of the world? And we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking out the window right now, and I'm just seeing building after building after building of apartments, skyscraper, matchstick things that, you know, popping out of the ground. Live here from Hong Kong right now. Yep. Live here from Indy. (laughs) The tedious editing process to me is a really similar to laying down the gesso as we say in Ah. green skin mango Mm -hmm. and you know how laying down the gesso for me is a meditative process for painting you absolutely i I told you this a million times yeah when we were doing it and you're just sort of like why don't you just buy the pre-gessoed canvas and do Mm -hmm. it like that it's a lot easier and saves time and i'd always say Uh because this is a meditative process for me it's like i'm putting in this effort at the start and thinking as I'm doing this and putting this gesso down onto this canvas, it's all part of the experience and all part of what I, the energy that I'm putting into something. Absolutely. And to me, I'm learning ways in editing that relate to this action of putting the energy in. And a lot of it is editing and the very tedious editing, going in and getting the ums and the spaces out and just make a clean edit so I can hear everything that's going on. But in the process of doing that, I'm hearing our conversations and they may not be fluid in a way that's conducive to a podcast episode or the subject that we're talking about. And sometimes the subject changes due to the fact that our thought processes change in the middle of discussion and sure. it's something that's even more important. I'll just like pick those little bits out and say that it's really important. That's what we want to communicate. And it makes a very fluid sort of show that we're doing. And the more that we keep doing this, the better we get at it. And it's really interesting from an artistic creative point, doing this editing and putting it all together. And then, then I've got to add that score in the background, that emotive score that like, this is a tough time. Let's put some music to this that, you know, relates to that tough time. And it's not manipulation as much as it is understanding and wanting to communicate with everybody and make people understand this is what we're going through. Yeah. Expressing that feeling. Absolutely. I can't think of a better way of expressing a feeling than a piece of music. Thanks and gratitude. Got another one in the books. We appreciate you checking us out. Please check out the, the previous episodes. Yeah, thanks and gratitude for everybody listening in this week and last week and the week before. Luckily, this is all just timeless and it's just all there for you to download whenever you want to. So that's fantastic. But we really appreciate everybody following. There's dedicated people out there that are listening to every episode and really giving their feedback to us. We really appreciate it. It's been really great getting more feedback from people and their messages and we chats and facebook's and all that other stuff it's fantastic to hear from you yep thank you thank you
another great show in the can. Well, Deb got another one good, in. I always think of that and think in the can. It reminds me of like the bathroom. I was hoping that make you laugh. I was expecting a big John laugh on that one, but I didn't get it at all. So that was going to be our closer. So you you think of something to close it with. Uh, uh, well. Become a subscriber to the Gamango Show Creative for Life and visit the podcast site for more links and info. You can also visit the website of greenskinmango.com for our awesome streetwear, eclectic music, and comedy. Go be great, be great, be great, be great, be great.